Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. Welcome to this edition of Before the Bid Podcast, and uh, this session I am very, very excited to talk to a good friend of mine, uh, talk to talk about a herd that is growing um, and vastly in, right here in the state of Indiana, and I'm talking to a guy today that is a second-generation cattleman, uh, a uh, guy that has spent a little bit of time up in Wisconsin, and he was up at Riley Brothers for 11 years. And uh, he's always been an Angus guy. And then he uh, has moved here to Indiana. And now he is the head of genetic, genetics and uh, herd development at Lynn's Heritage Angus. And uh, so I want to welcome my good friend uh, Glenn Davis to the podcast today to talk about the uh, Lynn's Heritage Angus bull sale that they're going to have January 25th, uh, 2020, right up there at Crown Point, Indiana. So, uh, Glenn, welcome to the podcast, and man, I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you very much, Andy. I'm very happy to do it, and then very excited to kind of hear how, how it all turns out and what people think. Right. Yeah. Glenn, uh, uh, just uh, what a, if you don't know Glenn Davis, uh, you, you need to get to know this guy. Uh, just a, a guy that's full of energy and a guy that you can tell he loves the Angus cattle. He loves the Angus cattle business. Uh, he loves the business that he's in. And I'm going to let him tell you just a little bit about that again. But uh, just a just a great guy. Uh, Glenn Davis is. And, and Glenn, uh, I, I know your family as well. And, and why don't you introduce your family to everybody uh, here just a little bit? Yes, I, I've I've got my wife, Sarah, of course, and then I've got uh, actually five children. I have two older, well, actually three older daughters that still reside in Wisconsin. Uh, there, Two of them are married. We have Lacey, Melanie, and then Taylor. They all still live in Wisconsin. Taylor's unmarried, if anyone's interested. <laughs> and uh, then I have Brooke and Trevin. They're my two that are still in high school that moved to Indiana with us. So uh, we do go to Wisconsin quite a bit to see the, the, the kids and the grandkids. have two grandkids, Trey and Etta. So that's really made our lives uh, even more interesting. Uh, of course, they get all Angus presents uh, when Christmas comes. So the, the kids are excited when we come because we get some cool, cool stuff whenever we go to Angus events. So they really, they really love that, and uh, the kids are really excited to see it. And of course, they're all, they all already own cattle. So I've got them way advanced to on their way to being junior members. Going to help you out, know, help out the Indiana two and four, or help out the help out the junior the junior Angus Association, right? Yes, uh, unfortunately, the two grandkids are going to help Wisconsin. 
but uh, that's all right. There's some awful good people up there. And, and, uh, and that was the interesting part, Andy, about moving to Indiana. It was very scary uh, for my children, you know, uh, how they'd be accepted, how we would be accepted as an Angus breeder down here. And I must say uh, it's been a hundred percent incredible welcome. I, I must say I now have two home states is really what it comes down to. Uh, the people in Indiana are absolutely incredible to us and uh, to my children. Uh, I mean, junior association and uh, could not be happier how things turned out. Uh, it was very scary at first, I'll promise you. Moving down with the kids. In fact, we, we did not buy a house till we were here a year till I knew for sure the kids were going to blend. Right. And uh, now, now, of course, we are, I guess we're Hoosiers. So, uh, you can be boilermakers. You know, it's okay on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're uh, yeah, we could, but actually, the well, I unfortunately we are still Badger fans. Right. I can't I can't beat that out of uh, fifty three years of living. I can't get that out of me. But we do we do unfortunately I guess we do like Notre Dame. So uh, the kids kind of say that's okay to like them because they they weren't in the Big Ten. Right. So, so that part's all right. Of course, we're Blackhawk fans. We've always liked Blackhawk, you know, the hockey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we will never, ever cheer for the Bears. That I can promise you all. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are green and gold, true and true. And if they kick us out of the state for that, I guess we're going to have to go. <laughs> well, that's great. That's yeah, great. We're, we're definitely soccer fans. Yeah, good. And yeah. and you have, you and Sarah have jumped right into this junior association, and, and now you guys are Indiana Junior Association advisors as well. Yes, and and that was actually something Cody Sankey Cody Sankey asked me, and uh, I told Cody I was very limited on time, but I volunteered my wife very quickly, <laughs> and uh, actually she's she's the main advisor. I just try to help at the big events, but she she's the one that really handles everything. So. I, I'm very happy for that because it, it really, by her becoming one of the top advisors, it really helped my children blend with all the other kids too. That really helped. Right. So uh, what happened as kind of a circumstance, uh, lucky deal, uh, really, it, it really came to be a great thing. You know, we're very happy to do it. And the kids, like I said, the kids in Indiana have been exceptional, just exceptional. And, Welcome for us. And you guys do you guys do such a great job. I get uh, text messages all day uh, from Sarah sending out the mass texts for uh, for the association and for the juniors and and letting them know what what all the news and upcoming things are. And so want to want to thank you guys and congratulate you guys for the great great things that you guys do. Jumping right in here uh, to the association and and you've been here you've been here five years in Indiana, correct? Yes, yes, it'll be five years in March. The family moved down uh, that summer. We waited till Junior Nationals to move because of the because of the show cattle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, I've been here since March, and they moved here in July. Good. Well, that's great. Yeah. So uh, that was like I say, and uh, it, it, it's I can't even tell people enough of how smooth the move was and the transition. It was it was incredible. That's great. Yeah, just incredible. Great, and the the guy that runs your operation or runs runs the Lens Heritage Angus, Fred Lens. Uh, tell us tell us just a little bit about Freddie and and about the family, and um, tell us introduce them just a little well, bit if you would. 
Well, let me put it to you this way. If you don't know Fred Limbs, you need to know him. He's he's very, very interesting man. I, I would have never moved my family if I did not believe in what he's what he's doing. Um, he, he's a third-generation uh, meat processor. Started out with a big butcher shop in Chicago back in 1964. His grandpa did. Uh, you know, of course, as times changed in the 70s and the early 80s, butcher shops became somewhat obsolete. And uh, so they had to make a change. And, and Fred's the one, when he came on, uh, he's very proud of the fact that he's the one that had the idea to go door to door to steakhouses. And that was kind of the, how it began uh, switching over from a, uh, you know, a retail to a wholesale. Um, again, Fred, uh, he, he tries a lot of things. I mean, he's the only one of the few meat processors in this country that owns his own genetic herd, owns his own steers. I mean, he, he is a full service meat company. We, we supply some pork, some chicken, some, uh, uh, some veal, some other uh, assorted, you know, meat products, some other proteins our steakhouses Fred was smart enough there because uh, you don't really want two vendors knocking on your door every every week so uh so he was smart about that so he made a lot of good moves but the biggest move was really that that got me was was his vision for the future of the meat industry right now we are we are in serious troubled times as far as uh what the world what the press thinks about the meat industry Fred is a leader in, in education to consumers and very, very much needed right now. I mean, everyone has, everyone does their part. Of course you see on Facebook and everywhere else, everyone's talking constantly about the good and neat. And, uh, but Fred actually does it publicly. He speaks publicly, uh, goes to steakhouses. Fred trains every single chef and every single wait staff of any restaurant that we supply meat to, which was brilliant. Because then those people are able to speak to the public about our product and why it's safe and why we own them the whole time. Uh, the other thing that it does, we are so genetically superior now at Meats by Lens that every steak that we have, that we sell, if, if a consumer would want to take a chunk of that steak and pay for a DNA test, we can tell them exactly where that calf was born. And there's no other meat company in the world that has that capability right now other than us. Oh, wow. So uh, we're, doing, we're doing a lot of things that, that most meat companies wouldn't have dreamed of. I mean, us owning our own genetic herd was a great, great endeavor by Fred. So, I mean, Fred's vision is, is really second to no one I've ever met. I mean, you talk about an excited man. He loves the meat industry. Now he loves the cattle industry. I, uh, I've I got to say he, he is a, a boss that actually there's no question he loves what he does. Absolutely loves it. Uh, his sons are now taking over. His oldest son is now uh, runs the meat plant, which is in Cal City, you know, Cal City, Illinois. And they're, 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 they're thinking on moving it to Indiana. They're trying. They've been trying for a couple of years, but evidently it's a little harder than, than you would think. They have uh, about 400 employees. You know, at, at the meat plant, we we deliver meat all over the world. I mean, from Japan, China, uh, Bahamas, uh, Costa Rica, everywhere, Cuba. Um, uh, let's see, England. We we deliver it to cruise ships. Of course, everywhere in America, 
and uh, all over uh, Canada. Any, anywhere there's a top-end steakhouse, uh, you know, we've either attempted to get with them or we're with them already. Um, we do do some chain restaurants. We do Cheesecake Factories. That's the biggest chain that we do. Um, but that's not our, you know, that's not what we're about. We're more about premier steakhouses and, and, uh, but we need the bigger ones too, of course. But, uh, I don't know all the, all the places we serve, but, but I know a lot of them. Uh, a lot of the famous ones like Elmo's right here in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Manny's up in Minneapolis is another very famous steakhouse. Um, I don't want to leave anybody out. Hopefully no one's listening, but, um, <laughs> as far as uh, steakhouse owners are concerned. but I've got but a list of them. I can help you out if you need me yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Ruby's. And I mean, it's out of my, it's out of my division, but, but I've been to a lot of them. Believe me, I, I've, I've helped with the weight staff training and, and that kind of thing. The first few years I was here. Now we're a little busy, but, but, but that's what Meets by Lens is all about. That's what Fred's vision was. Fred wanted to bring a locally raised product, uh, you know, to his meat company and everything has to be branded now. Um, our government G schedule is one of the highest in the industry. Uh, you know, it's we're, we're an all Angus program and we are not 50% Angus. We are a hundred percent Angus. So when you go to our feedlots, we also feed all our cattle out, not all of them. I shouldn't say all of them, but uh, for our specialty program, for the Lynn's heritage program, everything is fed in Nebraska at five different feedlots. That was Fred's vision also. So we sell our genetics to people. They use our bulls or our semen. And then we go on and we buy the sears back and we feed, feed them all out of Nebraska. We feed some in Indiana here. We feed a couple thousand in Indiana. So we try to buy all the Indiana steers we can now too. And that part just developed this year. So that's very good news for the Indiana breeders. Um, so we basically want to be a full service shop. We want our hands on the animal from birth from conception all, all the way to the plate so that that's kind of fred's vision and and that's what fred has to you know that's what he's done so that's kind of a you know a quick synopsis of where fred lynn's got into this or how he got in good that's great yeah a couple couple more of those those steakhouses uh just so we don't leave anybody out uh stk most of these are fancy enough i've never even i've never eaten at them uh stk Dickus, which yep. Dickus did the female sale was it last year? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. I should have never left Didka's out there. Very good friends of ours. Um, Didka's, Michael Jordan's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can run down the list. I just, you, if you've got a few more, but those are the people that really, really work with us. Mm-hmm. You know, these are our, our bread and butter steakhouses. Maple and Ash, mm-hmm. another one right downtown Chicago. Of course, a lot of Chicago stations carry us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I unfortunately, and I apologize to anyone out there that, I don't know all the steakhouses, of course. Right. You know, and uh, just because that's that's not my end of the deal. I know them just because I hear them spoke over and over and over from, you know, many of our people. Plus, I've, I've done weight staff training for quite a few of them. Jeff Ruby's, of course, down in uh, Ohio and Tennessee. I've, I've done weight staff trainings with them. And what what you really do, what, what, what I learned from Fred Lins is what you really do is you teach the chefs. Mm-hmm. The chefs are key to all this. The chefs are where you, you teach a chef about steaks and, and the quality of steaks and where they come from. And, and if you have a consistent product, the chefs will sell the meat 
meaning if a chef leaves his restaurant and goes to a new restaurant, he takes his meat man with him. And that is, Fred Lynn's taught me that also. That is a big, big deal. You take care of the chefs. Mm-hmm. Teach them all you can. Mm-hmm. They're the driving force in the meat industry. Great. That Great. was something that, uh, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know that before I joined him. Great. It was, it was, it was shocking to me that, Fred almost spends more time with the chefs than he does with the owners. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, it starts right there. Uh, yeah, if they don't have it, yeah. if they don't, if the chefs don't have it right, the customer doesn't have a great eating experience. Exactly. The chefs and the wait staff—they—they're the ones that have to promote our product, the beef industry. They are taking care of the beef industry, right? You know, at a, at a high level. So they—they're all trained. It's—it's it's amazing. It's—it you know. If there's any kids out there listening, being a chef or being a waiter or a waitress at one of these major restaurants is a very profitable life. If you if you enjoy the meat industry, that's not the worst way to go. There's there's uh, there's tremendous job opportunities in this industry. Right. You brought up a lot of things that that I wanna I wanna ask you about uh, again. You, uh, Fred, when when Fred started, he did not own those. He did not own those cattle, uh, of course, that they were that that they no. were using for the no. meat uh, plant. But then you guys, uh, several years ago, you guys have started your own herd and and had that vision. Can you explain just a little bit about about how you guys got that started? Uh, and and in Indiana, I mean, uh, Indiana is a great place, of course, but but being known for large amounts of cattle might not be what Indiana is known for. Uh, so, so can you walk us through that just a little bit? Well, what, what really happened was I, I did, Chris Earl was a very good friend of mine and another cattle breeder. Uh, he's got a great herd down in New Mexico, reverse rocking our ranch. And, and one of my better friends for 30, 32, 33 years now. And Chris Earl was at the national restaurant association in Chicago in May basically, I believe, six to seven years ago. Well, Chris met Fred Linz at his booth because they have a booth at the Restaurant Association. And Chris had a cowboy hat on. So so immediately Fred grabbed him and said, you know, who the hell are you? So he grabbed him and Chris came over and said, well, you know, I raised meat. And, and at that time, Chris was trying to get a local program going also. And uh, he told Fred he would take him and introduce him to some cattle people. So what happened was uh, I got a call from Chris when I was at Riley Brothers, and Chris said, hey, can I bring a a meat guy up to meet you? And I said, you bet. So we laid out the carpet for him, and he came up. Of course, Riley Brothers fed about 5,000 steers out a year. So we had had everything. You know, Riley Brothers, we had had the cow-calf, and then we had the steers. Well, Fred came up, and he, he just fell in love with that. So he started killing the Riley Brothers steers, and they were phenomenal. The problem we ran into was the... he needed a bigger packing plant. We were killing them and, and the cost of killing them was way too much. So we figured out all those problems logistically. And we went with Nebraska prime in Nebraska, which was a, a perfect size uh, kill plant for, for our operation. And so what happened was then I was actually uh, looking to, to leave Riley brothers. They were in good hands. My, my son-in-law runs that operation. Now, Chad, Chad Morrissey runs Riley brothers. So I, they were in good hands, and I, and I wanted to do more for the Angus breed. So I actually called Fred for a uh, 
letter of recommendation. And that's how it began. And Fred wrote me a letter, a very nice letter. I, I got to commend him there. It was very nice. And uh, next thing you know, he calls me and says, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to go down for a job interview with the Angus Association. And Fred said, well, are you leaving Riley Brothers for sure? And I, I said, yes, for sure. I, I want to do more for the Angus breed. And Fred said, when you're done with that interview, would you call me? <laughs> so uh, as you can tell, uh, the call was a good call afterward. And, and uh, Fred and I came up with the plan then to start Fred's herd. And Fred had already bought a farm, you know, before I even, you know, came to him. And he was just going to originally start just a little uh, 10, 20 cow herd. Well, once he hired me, you know, we had the vision <laughs> then to, to raise a little bit more elite cattle. His first 10 cows were, were basically $2,000 cows with calves at sides. So the pedigrees and, and uh, the genetics weren't quite there on those first 10. And uh, he bought those actually, you know, before I ever came to him. And so he bought this farm army he, he wanted to do more and so what we did we started buying donors because we're a heavy flush herd and uh so we have many co-op herds also we have co-op in montana nebraska iowa and wisconsin so as things started to build up fred kept buying cows and buying cows and buying donors and uh, now today we we're a top 20 in the angus breed for registrations and uh, we're indiana's largest uh, seed stock herd, and uh, you know a lot of people have asked us, "Why the hell are you in Indiana?" And, and uh, the real reason is back to what we discussed earlier. We bring a lot of people right to the plant, and then they get the whole feel for it. They get to go out and touch and feel and see cows. So they come directly from the, uh, you know, and I'm talking people from around the world, not just you know Americans. All our foreign, uh, we get tons of uh, Japanese. Uh, they love coming to the farm. They're they're probably the best uh, tour that I give is the Japanese people. They're incredible people, and uh, they love it and they're interesting. And and but we get many tours, and all these people come and they they go to the plant and then they go out and they see the actual donor mothers of of this of the bulls and that we sell semen and that we sell steaks on, and when they leave, trust me, they're not going anywhere but Lynn's. That's it. Mm-hmm. When they can see. Full circle, the meat industry, it, it's a huge selling point. So Fred was very smart in buying a farm that was only 35 miles or 35 minutes from the kill plant or from the processing plant. But the big thing is, it's you've been there before, Andy. It, it's not exactly ideal cattle country. Right. So we do have some things that are tough to deal with. We are 100% surrounded by houses. So that makes it tough. We will never expand on that farm, so we have expanded south. We bought other farms to the south, but anyway, we're, and we're at the point now where we're trying to get a feel for how many cattle we can really produce and still be profitable. So, right now, we're actually shrinking in size. You know, we're we're uh, you know being very strict about genetics right now. I mean, we are very strict. I mean, if if it's not elite, the cow's going. And, and it's that simple. And we did that on purpose. We grew enough uh, with genomics, you know, nowadays, uh, you just get a big difference in five sisters. So so some of the sisters are leaving, even though they've got a very uh, famous cow behind them. But 
it's just a decision we made and, and we're sticking to it. And so we're, we're getting better and better. I mean, for a lot of people can't believe that a herd that's only been in existence for basically five and a half years, the progress we've made. I mean, and, and a lot of that has to do with Fred because he, Fred always jokes, we don't have that many calf crops left in us because we're the same age. He laughs about it. I, I don't find it that funny, but uh, he laughs. And he says, uh, we can't mess around and, and uh, waste one. He doesn't want to waste a calf crop. And uh, so he bought a lot of very good donors. And when I say very good donors, we, we buy a mass different donors. We, we try to get specific genetics uh, but in a different package, you know, even though they're Angus, we, we, we've got a lot of cows that are high yearling weight. We've got a lot of cows that are low birth weight. We, we try a little of that. We try some show cattle, not a lot. We're, we're, we don't do a lot of showing, but uh, my daughter shows and, and that. So we, we've got those also, but uh, we buy some high dollar beef cattle and some not as high dollar beef cattle. And, uh, you know, we buy terminal cattle, we buy the high marbling cattle, we'll buy the terminal and then we buy some that are basically for, for making cows because uh, what we sell to is a mass variety of people. We're not just a herd. Out west, you can be a single, kind of a single trade herd. Whatever your area you're in, you can raise bulls that work in your, you know, in your area, in your geographic region. Mm-hmm. Here in Indiana, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to sell to many different clients, clients that want marbling, clients that want milk. we got clients that purely want calving ease. I mean, when we're selling semen and selling bulls to people that are in our Lynn's Heritage Angus Steer Program, they pretty much have to, you know, what we find with, with our high marbling cattle, we, we can run into some other problems. You know, when you single trait select, but yet we still want that marbling for our, you know, for our Angus division, mm-hmm. but yet they still want cows. So if you see what I'm saying, Andy, it's, we sell a lot of maternal type females to the same people that we sell the terminal bulls to. They'll breed two groups of cows, one to keep daughters and one to kill. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been very successful at it. And, and, uh, and that was our game plan from the beginning was to not limit ourselves on our customer base. We're very fortunate here. I, I like I said, I, I'm a lifetime Angus breeder, so we had many friends. I had many friends in many different groups, and when I say groups, I mean groups of breeders in this country. And you know as well as I do, Andy. There's all kinds of groups. There's right. there's, there's many groups of Angus breeders, and and some, you know, believe in sticking with their group. Our belief is is we want to have as many groups and friends as possible. And that was one of our things that we were very strict about when we started our herd. We definitely did not want a herd of all similars, like a lot of bull producers in the West do, which and works very well for them. But here in Indiana, we had to be diversified. Exactly right. So that was kind of our game plan. That was our game plan coming in. Uh, when you come to our bull sale, you'll, you'll see, you come to our female sale, we'll have anything from breed-leading dollar beefs all the way down to below breed average dollar beefs. And you will not, you will be amazed at which ones sell for more. In fact, I myself am amazed every year <laughs> at what the highest seller is. I, I just, there's that many people in this world that like things different. And that's a damn good thing people do. 
Right. That everybody doesn't like the same thing. So it's just uh, all you need is two buyers to tie into one, and uh, things can really go well. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm fascinated by it, the industry. I mean, not just in the Angus. I mean, just the beef industry in general is, is an incredible, incredible industry. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just to reiterate, I've been to the female sale uh, a couple times, and and yes, you're you're exactly right. People from all all over the country, uh, even all over the world, and and uh, people from all the other different uh, niches and and different little industries here in in the Angus and and from different worlds, and and so uh, you know, of course, I commend you guys on on what you do and and doing that, and and how many people. Uh, come to uh, that great facility that you guys have up there and we we'll talk about that here uh just a little bit later so something else that i wanted you to to explain to us just a little bit you you talk about the steer buyback program uh that that you guys have started and and i know that uh, you spend a lot of time on the road. We were trying to get this thing put together, and, and you were gone for six days and, and out talking to people. And, and explain just a little bit about this steer buyback program. How, do, how would somebody get into this uh, buyback program, and, and uh, what, what, does it, uh, you know, what, what does it entail? Well, when we first started, the, the steer buyback program was, was four, well, it would have been five years ago, but the first years went on feed four years ago. Of course, when we started, I, I went with known genetics. So of course we went with a lot of Riley genetics. And when we first started, we went on superior, just like anyone else bought steers off superior, bought a lot of different genetics, but, but what we did, we also went out and, you know, met people that would talk to us. You know, we, it got out, the word got out that we were buying steers. So, you know, what we really wanted was, we want to have consistent stakes. So the steer buyback program gets to use a certain group of bulls. Uh, and, and we've widened that now just because of the, like what I, what I had just told you about the, you know, the terminal and the, mm-hmm. and the maternal. Mm-hmm. So what happened was we, we started buying steers and we were all over the park. We were buying them, you know, all over the country and, and, uh, we're starting to narrow it down. We're getting better because we're having our own bull sales. This is our third bull sale, and we're trying to get it to where it's mostly our genetics. But, Andy, of course, you can understand. I mean, to find new clients and new customers, they're not going to have our genetics yet. Right. And so a lot of our genetics that come through the plant right now are still not Lynn's genetics. So we are always welcome to new customers, always. You know, don't, don't ever fear calling us because we're always – uh, welcome in new customers because you've got to start sometime. As you get into the program, Andy, uh, the first thing everybody always says to me, Andy, and you'll laugh. Uh, nobody ever asks me anything except how much of a bonus are we getting? That's right. the first question they say. And of course, then I've got to answer that with, you know, you've got to have some faith in us also. You know, we've got to kill your first group of steers. You know, so what we normally try to do with a new customer, say you sell 200 steers, we'll try to buy a load. We'll try to buy half of them or 70 of them. We'll feed them, you know, of course, with beef, you know, that's not a quick process. takes another year, and we'll get the kill data. And if the kill data is good, the next year we'll try to buy them without you having to ship them to market. And and then as they get to be better customers, uh, they'll start AIing. They start keeping the females. Eventually, Andy, you, you have to use probably 80% lynch genetics in your herd. 
and uh, which mainly is because that's the genetics that we want the steaks out of. Because believe it or not, Andy, there's a difference. There right. really is a difference, even in the Angus breed. If you get your, you know, your females and your males, and they're all similar, the consistency of the steak is amazing. It's amazing. So that's what our real goal is, Andy. And that's why, you know, a lot of people say, well, you're just trying to sell bulls. And, and don't get me wrong, the Sierra Buyback Program drives our bull sale already. Even though it's only our third bull sale, we are very fortunate because they become good customers. If they like the product they get, they come back. And so it's not a hard sell, Andy. The hardest part is getting through the first year mm-hmm. when it's not our genetics. And, Andy, cattle can be, can be fooled. You know, you, you can be fooled with cattle. I mean, a lot of cattle can be black and look good, but they won't cut well. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about the Lens program, you got to remember, is we are a, a primary prime company. Prime is king at Lens. Prime and high choice are basically all we sell to our top, top, top end steakhouses. So to get that is very hard. And the, what, what the real way to get it is maturity, Andy. Mm-hmm. Maturity, you know, so we can't take our steers. You know, the Angus breed, you can ship a, a steer to market at 12 to 13 months, no problem. You know, they'll weigh 13, 1,400 pounds at a year. Mm-hmm. But we don't want that at Linz. At Linz, you have to feed it to 16 months, 17 months, because your prime rate triples when you get out past 14, you know, anywhere from – depending on the, on the genetics again, but when you get out to that 15 months to 17 months, your prime rate skyrockets. Now, is that economically smart? Probably not. So what, what we do, we try to raise genetics. If you notice, most Lynn's genetics is extremely high growth. So what we want is we want those animals to be able to grow and actually hit uh, approximately – like the females, we want them around 13.50 at kill, and the males we want basically anywhere from 13.50 to 14.50. And uh, so we do kill heifers also, if, if everybody didn't catch that. And uh, that's kind of the weight we want them. So to get them to that weight without excess fat, at some point in the program, you've got to you've got to coast them. You've got to put them on grass, you know, put them on haylage or, or hay to get age because an angus animal if you push right from birth it'll be too quick now you'll still get prime but you won't get the kind of prime that we needed that's why we struggle a little bit and we're learning you don't get me wrong we're not perfected by any means yet on Mm -hmm. the steer buyback Mm -hmm. we we want a great deal of lessons just in the kind of cattle we can buy the weight we can buy Uh, we really like to buy the cattle green you know we like to buy them you know right off the cow you know 550 600 pounds whatever the steers weigh and because then we can control them and take them right to grass or right to a very low energy ration we do buy a ton of steers at that you know seven to nine hundred pounds because we need steers year-round of course Andy. Mm-hmm. so we, we do buy a lot of steers at, at, a, at a heavier weight but our preferred weight is the young ones because the heavy ones, you know, once they're 900 pounds, you, you can't hold them back. You can't kick them to grass. Mm-hmm. So, so basically we're learning these things. And we, like I said, we go with our customer, our, our 
after these these last four and a half years now of, of killing cattle, we have found some incredible customers. And and as what what happens, Andy, the other unique thing about us, we, I mean, Fred feeds steers out. That was not the original goal. So what? Uh, so he still does because we have to to do this program. But our best customers, Andy, as they start to see their kill data, because we will give them their kill data back, which very few people like to do that, because then then they know if you've got good cattle. Right. And so we'll give them their kill data back, and when they see their kill data, and, they, and we'll show them the sheet of the of the bonuses that we receive for the prime and the high choice, the next year they'll own them with us. Mm-hmm. They'll keep a third. They'll keep a quarter. They'll keep a half. Our best customers, you know right away, when they call the next year and say they, they only want to sell half the steers, mm-hmm. then you know they're proud of their product. And what we really want in the end is people that are proud of their product. Andy, I've traveled the country my first couple of years, and everyone you talk to has the best cattle in the world. Right. And everyone better think that. You better think you're doing, you know, doing right. But unfortunately, in reality, Andy, not everyone does. And, you know, and the, and the, Unfortunately, Andy, the end all is the kill plan. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, it's it's very tough job picking steers. It's very tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you can pick some very good looking steers and, uh, you know, the market is, is the big problem. So, you know, we've had some, we've had some real butt kickings on the steer buyback program and we've learned a lot of lessons, but it doesn't deter Fred at all because we have to have it. We've got to perfect it. It's something he will not give up. And uh, we will perfect it. That's the kind of man Fred Lins is, that we will get this perfected to where it's profitable every group of steers. And I know that's hard to say because, you know, the market is what really hurts you. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't want to make a lot of money in the steer buyback, it's, it's basically a part of our program. And if you can't hedge, then you're naked. Mm-hmm. In the last two years, you couldn't hedge. So, uh, you know, this meat industry has been, been a little bit, in turmoil, of course, as everyone knows, and uh, the last couple of years have been tough for the cattle feeder mm-hmm. and the cow calf. It's been tough for both. It seems like the only one really making money right now was the packer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and you know, and history says, I mean, the three of us don't always make money together very seldom. We right. all three make money, and, and we've learned that. And Fred's learned the hard way. <laughs> right. You don't uh, always make money in the, you know, when, when you own the steers. And, but, it's it's working. I mean, we're we're getting to where we're buying the kind of cattle that we want. Like I said, we're getting a lot of people now that actually have our females in their herd, mm-hmm. which is really starting to help. Our prime rate has really gone up this last year, and a lot of it is, and a lot of it, Andy, is just us being a little more particular. Um, and again, any steer can make you money, but you have to buy it at the right price. And anyone that wants to be in our program, Andy, is not a price guy. They want a premium. Mm-hmm. You know, if they want to be in our program, they want a premium. And, and uh, like say, the second year is when we can find out. You know, the first year, like I said, we, we try to buy a load or two out of each guy. And then the next year is when we really get after it, you know, if, if they do well. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of the steer buyback in, in a nutshell. I mean, there's many other things I'm missing. and, and uh, but, but that's kind of what, what we do. And that's kind of why we want our own genetics in it is uh, we, we are running, I mean, there's lots of other tests. We, we are an advanced company. There's a lot of stuff I won't even go into that we're doing. Right. Doing a lot of stuff with Zoetis. 
um, a lot of new things coming out that are going to amaze people, uh, not just from us, but from Zoetis and, and all genomic companies. We're a big genomic herd, so uh, uh, you can tell I, I drink the Kool-Aid. I mean, we're we're seeing it. We're seeing it come to tuition now, and we're seeing it work. Mm-hmm. You know, on the kill data, we're going to do a. We're hoping to do a very large test uh, of a of of a very high tech deal that we've got coming down the pipe here. Where it'll be registered cows. We're going to have steers out of registered, where we'll have genomics on mother and father, very accurate, and we're going to see if we can take it to a whole nother level as far as figuring out uh, what cattle are the best to feed. Great. And that's that, that's really our goal is to find out what's best. Uh, so we're, we're really working on that right now. Zoetis has been sensational with us. Of course, the Angus Association will work with us on anything we want. And uh, so like I said, Andy, we're, we're getting our hands around it. It's, it's getting better every year. Great. The buyback program is. Great. Yeah. And and you guys. We do a lot, we do a lot of research. Right. And you guys have your own sires. We can we can get into some of those some of those sires that you guys have to offer. Uh, you guys you talk about getting your genetics into those herds. You guys have several hire, sires in several different bull studs that uh, you guys are offering genetics on and and offering semen on. And uh, let's go into those just a little bit here, uh, and then we'll we'll kind of work our way into these sale bulls here. Uh, but but if you would tell us about those sires that that you guys have available. Yes, I'll tell you. I'll go over the Lynn's bulls first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Fred does buy a lot of a lot of sires. In fact, Andy, we're we're going to start being a major player in the semen selling industry. We're, I mean, we're buying a lot of sires now that we can prove through our program. You know, we'll have real kill data on a lot of sires, and and we're not concerned about selling semen on the first year or two. We want we want proof first. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're buying a lot of other sires. I'll go over some of the Lynn sires. We we sold uh, the the second high selling bull last year at our bull sale was Lynn's driving force seventy nine fifty three. He's at CMAX. He's another you know he's another two hundred dollar beef bull, but he's a different kind of two hundred dollar beef bull. He's not a super high marbling bull. He's he's only point three six, but he's exceptional growth at one hundred sixty six. He's the highest growth son of his sire. Um, he's a very high dollar C bull. He's the highest dollar C bull of his sire, which is uh, KCF Bennett Fortress. But he's he's an all around extremely powerful bull, and, and he's our bull again. He's one of our paternal sires. He's out of one of our greatest donors, 4202, which is the cow that uh, Crazy K and Adesto Pines bought in our last sale for 125,000. She at this point now has had she's had 11 sons sell for an average of $17,500. So a very sought after cow. Slightly different genetics than what you would think from a meat company, but uh, a very powerful, it, it, it's basically our, our big growth cow. So we, we use any sun out of her for growth when we do our, uh, when we sell semen to people, we want, if, if their herd lacks growth, he's the bull that we send in. Uh, the next bull that I would probably talk about would be Lynn shifting gears. Now he's exactly the opposite of the bull. He's at Cattle Visions, and he is an extremely short gestation bull. He, he's a he's a minus one six on birth, and a tremendous calving bull. I mean, absolute sleep all night bull. But he still has a ton of growth. He's 132 at a year, and he's one of the highest 
dollar C bulls and dollar B bulls that is so negative on birth. One of the top of the breed. And he we sold him for 125000 at our at the Vegas sale. We sold him. He was an odd age bull. So we sold him at the uh, the Las Vegas uh, Angus uh, sale out there with the Hall of Fame, and and that was uh, one of our very first high selling bulls. Then we raised uh, last year's bull sale again. We had Lens Exemplify 7124, 71124. Now he was our first bull that you know he was our high selling animal of all time for our company. But he has been our high semen selling bull. We have uh, two partners on him. We chose not to go to stud with him because he was so expensive. But he has got numbers that we really believe will really entice the breed. He sees 0.9 on birth, yet he's still 150 at a year. He's a $188 beef with a $306 C. But he's what he's known for is he's out of confidence plus, who's one of the top Angus bulls for birth, growth, and all-around look and dollar beef. The thing Confidence Plus lacked was testicle size, and this bull excels at scroll. So he's been a very popular choice for, for Angus breeders. We don't use much of him in any, any commercial herds yet just because it's hard enough just to keep up with the demand for him on Angus breeders. We sold another Confidence Plus bull, which we were very proud of, to uh, Alta Genetics, and he was called Lynn Confidential. He also sold in last year's sale. Another monster-numbered Confidence Plus bull at 154 for a year, $188 beef, and a $321 seed. Uh, a little more compact bull, which Confidence Plus is known for. So we will use him heavily in the program and prove him. Um, we used another bull. The first bull we had that went to Gen X was uh, Lynn's Accuracy. Uh, 2397-6006. Now, he's more of our maternal bull. He's, he's a black cat may raised from the Shaw herd. Uh, he's out of 2397, you know, the mother or the grandmother of all the great uh, black cat mays, you know, uh, resource and renown and all those great sons, uh, the president, uh, um, all, all that, that whole flush, rainfall, rain dance. So he's out of that same family, only he's out of active duty, a bull that I raised at Riley's, which was, was a bull that I was very proud of, and he's more of our bull that is for a cow maker. He's the cow maker bull that we, we bring into people to, to get their females. Uh, we, we sold another bull to Gen X in last year's female sale. It was called Lynn Specialized. He was a uh, Lynn's, he was an acclaimed son, a gender acclaimed, but he's also one of the top numerical acclaims there is, and he's actually one of the best physical specimens out of that bull. Uh, he's, he's more of the right frame and size. Uh, like I told you earlier, Andy, we're a growth herd, but we're a growth herd in width and depth. We are not uh, a seven or eight frame herd. Mm -hmm. We like most of our cows being at that six frame. So all the growth members in our herd are very strict about the size and the shape of the bull. Mm -hmm. So th those are a few of the, of the bulls that we raised. Then we bought a bull last year to, to bring into the herd, which is, his name was it was Pine View Forefront. Now, he is the big carcass bull that we chose. He's uh, he's 1.33 on, on marbling, but he had almost 8% IMF as a yearling and, uh, and a, an incredible ribeye, I believe a 16-inch ribeye, and he's another very, very good numbered bull. Now, we, we're getting calves out of him right now, and we are selling semen to registered breeders on him. We did use him in the program. 
were very anxious to kill the calves out of that bull. And he and he's he's a he's a heavily gardener bred bull, but he's very phenotypically attractive, and uh, he's been very very uh, popular for us. Another bull we bought was two U.S. top ten. Um, he's a he, of course he's a ten X son. Uh, another one very good carcass bull with with excellent growth. As you, as you notice, everything here at Lens has to have growth. Mm-hmm. And uh, another bull we bought, he was another high seller. And uh, we, we've got females out of him now in the program that are really starting to stroke it. Um, just an all-around very good bull. We've bought many other young sires now in the last two years, and all of them have to be proven through the program, you know, uh, as through the steer program because we won't kill that on all of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of a, a just a quick shelf life of our, of our bulls there. Um, we've got the same kind of bulls course coming this year and hopefully there'll be a few bulls in this year's sale that will go to stud we just bought another bull we bought a president's son uh, out at tim todd's green mountain angus ranch in montana which was out of our own cow we bought it with charles herbster and uh another very exceptional bull but he'll be on the female end again he of course is a brother to driving force the bull that uh, cmex bought from us so we're, we're very high on him um, we bought another bull from Vintage Angus. Uh, Ambassador was his name, and unfortunately, we had an untimely death on him. But we we do have like six thousand units still frozen on him, so you know we still use him heavily. But uh, very good first calf crop out of him. They're on the ground right now, and uh, just in the last few weeks, I've had many calls on that bull. So that's kind of the gist of it, uh, Andy. We we hope to get to around thirty sires. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also do a, a Holstein program. We sell a great deal of meat or a great deal of semen to Holstein breeders. Mm-hmm. And this is more of a new venture in the last year. But this venture is, is really taking off. I mean, you sell the semen cheap, so you don't, you can't sell your $150,000 bulls that way. Right. But it really works well for the suitcase type bull. A Holstein does not need a, a big growth bull. It needs a compact uh, you know, more old fashioned type Angus. Right. And again, like we, we talked earlier, that's, that's the kind of herd we have. We have some of, of everything that way. Mm-hmm. And so we've been venturing into that and we have about 40 sires right now out collecting for that program. Wow. And some of those will come through and we will also use those sires for, for the Angus program as we see their carcass data come in. We'll switch them to the, to the other program. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're fairly busy. Andy. Yeah, it's, it sounds busy. like it. Fairly, fairly busy, fairly diverse. And uh, uh, it, it seems like Fred and, and you are, are out to, to serve everybody in the beef industry. Yes, that's kind of what we try to do. And, and again, like I told you, Andy, that's the reason I came to Fred Lynch. Mm-hmm. I knew by coming here, I could use the gifts and the tools that God gave me to hopefully you know, improve the breed before I, before I checked out of this place. Before so, you have uh, your last calf crop, that's right? That's really all I'm about. Yeah, before the last calf crop falls. <laughs> and it's funny you say that, Andy, because Fred brings that up all the time. He always right. tells me, you know, we've only got maybe 12, 12 or 14 calf crops left. And I said, boy, I hope I have more than that. Right. But yeah. uh, he's kind of right, I guess. But, but hopefully by that time, I, I won't be uh, doing it as much, and I'll hopefully be directing some young lads. Right. So right. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Good. Well, that's we'll it. See. 
That sounds great. That sounds great. Well, uh, Glenn, let's get into these. Let's get into this bull sale a little bit and, and get into these bulls. And and uh, first off, uh, you guys have you guys have to have some people there at the farm uh, to be taking care of these things while you and Fred are out on the road and and getting these animals ready, getting these cattle ready, taking care of them. Uh, will you just uh, briefly just tell us who uh, are some of those people that, that are there at the ranch and, and do some of that uh, work? Well, I'll tell you, we've got uh, four full-time employees at the ranch. We have a full-time cattle buyer, as you can guess, you know, from, from the steer buyback. Uh, I'll start with him, and, and uh, Jerry Dean is his name. He was a cattle buyer for Nebraska Prime for 30 years for JBS. I mean, he's, he's, he's well-rounded in the business. And uh, so he does all our cattle buyback, and he's out in uh, Grand Island, Nebraska. So he lives very close to our, where our, the five feedlots are. Um, the next is, is the, uh, the people at the ranch. We hire – we try to hire – college graduates not that that matters i mean we'll hire any, anybody a couple of them aren't but uh the last two uh, college hires we've made have been, have been very successful uh, we hired ben weiss uh he graduated texas tech but he's from iowa so he's a good miss west midwest boy uh his cattle knowledge was uh, second to none for his age uh second to none for any age really um, very intelligent young man, and uh, he runs the herd along with Dylan McLean, who's a UW. He's more uh, he's more my style. He was raised in Dubuque, Iowa, the same town I was born in, and then he went to UW Platteville, the same place that I attended. And uh, I, I was intrigued by Dylan for his work ethic and and uh, just a young kid. He paid for his own college. I mean, he's very good with money. Uh, he lacked some cow knowledge. He was not raised on a farm, but his grandfather had a farm. But he went through college breeding cows for uh, select sires. And uh, he has really, really gotten a hold of things and really become an incredible employee also. So together, they make all the decisions. I, I'm kind of, uh, I guess you could say I'm kicked off the farm anymore as far as uh, decision-making, which is good. I, uh, I, I pretty much just oversee those two. I, I don't have to do a whole lot. They, they know what they're doing. Uh, every now and then I might say something, but not very often. And uh, so those two are exceptional. Then we've got two other uh, people. Uh, Dave Voss is Fred's uncle. He's retired and he's been on the farm since it started. He's been there longer than me. He's an all around incredible man. He's a Vietnam vet. I want to throw that in there. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very impressive man. Uh, very strong man. Yes. Yeah. Very strong. I don't think you'd want to meet him in an alley. And uh, he's an all-around mechanic, uh, handyman, uh, takes care of anything Fred needs done. Uh, not 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 a cow man so much, but but does everything else. You know, the farm's big. You need, there's a lot of other things going on. He'll fence and uh, carpentry and, and clean and do you know whatever we need done. Mm -hmm. Very good man. And then you have Deborah Painter, which is uh, Debbie's been with us for the last I believe two years. And Debbie's kind of the same way. She's jack of all trades, does everything. Uh, she will do, of course, she's good with cattle too. Um, cattle cleaning, uh, just all around, you know, taking care of all the husbandry and, and feeding, cleaning, um, you know, going between the farms, you know, just keeping track of everything. She does an awesome, awesome job for us also. And I do want to throw in uh, also that to me, 
uh, Fred's better half. She also does a lot of the paperwork and uh, keeps up, you know, the billing, and which is which is a terrible amount of, of work, you know, keeping track of, you know, who we owe, who we who we need, you know, who has to owe us and, and all that. So she actually is another employee, if you think of it that way. And then, of course, Fred, uh, he, he also helps her with all that. And, and uh, so, I mean, really, we're, we're about an eight-man operation as of right now, and, and we're always growing and looking for more. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so the farm, is, the farm has really been excellent. We've got some great employees. Really great. good. Very happy with that, with the food. Great, and it is a it is an exceptional place. Uh, as I said, I've been there a couple of times, and uh, where the where the sale facility is, and, and that main farm, that's just a just really really nice facility, really uh, practical it seems, but but very very nice, and and uh, what a great facility that is. Well, you do realize that I know why you come, Andy. What's that? You you come for the meal. You come for the meal. <laughs> well, that's exceptional <laughs> as well. Te- I'm just teasing you. That's exceptional yeah, yeah. as well. I, I'm teasing you, but but I can tell you all. Anyone that's listening, you come to the Lynn sale, and and Andy comes, and Andy's a very good friend of ours. And and I'm joking here, but but the meal is second to none. You, you will you. It's worth the time just to come meet the people from around the country and, and enjoy the meal. And I think Andy would agree with me. Right. Ab- absolutely agree. And, and that's why I bring ev- everybody else with me. I, I come to look at cattle and buy cattle, and, and we have uh, before, but uh, yeah, uh, help, you bet you have. help pay for that meal. So, uh, <laughs> But you it bet. is what an exceptional, well, that, exceptional place. I want everybody to understand that. You don't have to be a buyer to come and, and uh, you know, ask questions and see what's going on. You know, see what – See what what we're really about, you know. Learn learn about Fred Lins, and, and like I said earlier, it's a great thing to meet Fred Lins. Very interesting man. Yes, yes, it is. So you know, anyone's anyone's welcome, Andy. I guess is what I'm saying. Right, and that's great. Anyone's welcome to come. That's great. Yeah, the the next sale, the bull sale, coming up January 25th, uh, 2020. It is there at the farm in Crown Point. Uh, it is the third annual sale, but it is the first sale. The first bull sale at Crown Point, Glenn. Glenn, can you hit on that just a just a bit? Why why move that to Crown Point now? Well, what we really did when we, again, back to where we started the the five years ago. Of course, everyone knows my roots were in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. so we had a co we had co op herds in Wisconsin that weren't just your regular co op herd. Fred couldn't buy land fast enough, and by Crown Point here, it's taken us a time to learn the community and and learn the soil, really. I mean, it took me a while to understand the, the area. So in that time, in those couple of years, what we did, we had cattle where I knew the land and I knew the people. So we had some very good people in Wisconsin that took care of the cattle for us the first few years. Uh, the Chris brothers, which is in Darlington, which is where I was raised, uh, they took care of a large amount of our cows. And, and then uh, Matt, where we had our you know, where we had our bull sale, Matt would, Matt did a tremendous job, you know, with the, with the bulls and with our cows and calves. And we put a lot of embryos in up there, but we eventually had to make the decision. We were spending so much time on the road because it was about four hours away to go to Brennan's up to Matt Brennan's. And, and then another hour, if you shot South to where the Chris brothers were, and we were eating up a lot of time, you know, a bull sale takes, a great deal of uh, you know picturing clipping and then clipping again and videoing and 
and uh, just all the preparation for the bulls and learning your cattle, Andy. I mean, it was hard for me to know our bulls without seeing them daily. And uh, that frustrated me a great deal. And eventually, we moved all the cows home because we did find more land in Indiana. Mm-hmm. We some farms, and we found some good people, you know, a lot of help. And we found some facilities because, you know, you know how much facilities it takes to house 1,100 cows. Mm-hmm. So we, we came back to Indiana, and we, we brought everything home. So basically, last November... Every Lynn's animal was brought back to Indiana. And that's when we made the decision. We had our last bull sale in Wisconsin last February, and we moved the date to January 25th because uh, Jeremy Haig, uh, who's another good Indiana boy, he, you know, that was the date he had available was January 25th, and, th- and that's how we ended up uh, on that date uh, because he had sales. On, you know, of course, we left the Gaffneys, which are very good friends of ours, so they kept that sale date. So we couldn't have that weekend, and uh, so we moved to the 25th and moved back to Indiana. And uh, we're we're hoping for a a good response. We sold as many bulls to Indiana as we did Wisconsin. That was another determining factor. Mm-hmm. You know, even though the sale was in Wisconsin, Indiana people were supporting us. So it was it was just uh, you know it was just a progression that was eventually going to happen, Andy. Right. So that's that's how we ended up back in Indiana. That's great, yeah. And then in Crown Point on January 25th, I'm sure it's going to be 60 and sunny and dry, right? Well, <laughs> I would like like 18 and sunny. That would be great. Frozen would help because I can tell all of you, I don't know if you're all from Indiana who will be listening, but uh, this state gets a lot of rain. Right. This is a, this is a, this, I, I thought I moved to Florida when I got here. I mean, uh, that Lake Michigan, that son of a gun is, uh, that lake effects deal that we get by being so close to Chicago is, is something that uh, takes a while to get used to. Mm-hmm. And you guys are, no question. you guys are putting up with five inches here recently, five inches of rain, uh, here recently over a weekend. And, uh, so that, that on that ground is, has got to be yeah, uh, just, challenging. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Two weeks. I'm pretty sure it's not going to get 80 and dry up between now and the sale. <laughs> right. So uh, right. I'm praying uh, for some, some cold weather. Brother. Cold weather would be great, just not snow. <laughs> right. Just nice and cold. Right, right. Well, the third annual uh, performance-tested bull sale at Lynn's Heritage Angus, again, January 25th. And if you've got your catalog, hopefully you do, uh, you've got your catalog. If not, you can find that catalog online as well. Uh, if you've got your catalog, well, we're going to have Glenn go through this just a little bit, talk about some of these bulls, talk about some of the, the females behind some of these bulls, and, and introduce these uh, to you for uh, the sale here on the 25th of January. Glenn, uh, just, just well, looking through you, this. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead, Andy. Well, I was just uh, going to say, looking, looking through this, uh, just what a, what a set of powerful bulls, a set of powerful genetics, uh, numbers, uh, look on these cattle, and uh, I am, I am very excited to hear, hear what you have to say about, about these bulls. Well, I'm very proud of the set of bulls again, Andy. I mean, it's, it's a little diverse. Uh, you know, like I said, like we've talked all along, the way our herd is, the bull sale is very diverse. Um, I'll start out at the beginning of the book, I guess, and thumb through a few of these. Of course, the lot ones, 
are out of probably our most famous cow. Um, uh, the 453 cow was bought uh, last fall. We sold half interest in her to two good people from Indiana, the Nowatsky family and the Maple Lane family bought half interest in 453 for $150,000. And I'm, I'm very proud to say that they've nearly paid for her in the first year. So uh, she's that kind of an income producing cow. She's averaging $79,000 on her first eight daughters that have been sold at public auction. Wow. So as you can imagine, we're very proud of the sons of this cow also. We've got, I think, 11 sons in registered herds out of this cow. Uh, the lot one and two won't disappoint anybody. They're both discovery sons, so they're full brothers to the $200,000 high-selling animal that we've ever sold. Uh, the one is the top discovery there is. He's, 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 a, he's the number one marbling and ribeye bull out of discovery. He's a, he's a, what is he? He's a buck. He's a buck five on marbling and a buck eight on ribeye, which is hard to do in one animal. Uh, his brother is uh, a buck 20 on marbling, which, which is uh, sensational also, but his ribeye is 0.98. So he missed the buck just by two tenths. But they're very high dollar beef bulls, very high tea bulls, uh, just tremendous bulls out of that cow. The cow never misses. There's no question about that. The next bull we've got out of, out of a young sire from Vintage called Enterprise, uh, same kind of deal. Just phenomenal set of numbers. Not quite like Discovery, but he's a Discovery son. But he's, he's a touch more growthy. You'll see the thickness of these Enterprises will, will sure to please people. Uh, we've got Whitlock's out of her. We sold one Whitlock son of her last year for 10000 went to uh, John Raftopoulos in Colorado. Exceptional bull. Take semen on him. We have four other brothers in this sale. We've got one Blaster brother out of the cow, and, uh, which he's – Blaster's another one of our bulls that we chose for females. Uh, you know, he's owned by Musgrave right here next door in Illinois. Very sound bull. Very all-around good bull. Then we move on to our next bulls, which is lot 12, 13, and 14. These are all flushed brothers by D.L. Dooley, a very popular bull. Uh, his, his untimely death has made him even more popular. Uh, very powerful cattle. The most powerful cattle I've seen since active duty himself. Uh, these bulls are thick. And, and uh, they're out of the Black Cat May family again. These are, these are sisters to 4136 that they're out of the great shock cow. So uh, these bulls will disappoint no one phenotypically. Very powerful. Big yearling weight. Very high dollar beef for Dooley Sons. Um, uh, that's 12, 13, 14, and 15. Probably the best bull in the sale for an all-around bull is a lot 16 bull. It's out of 3190, which is a full sister to 3189, which is, again, one of our most famous cows that I've ever raised. Uh, Daughters are in every major herd in the country, really starting to take off. Very, very proud of this bull. He's another Dooley son. Very low birth again, very high growth. Just all around breed excellence. But this bull's special because he was the, of the fall bulls, which again, we graze our fall bulls on grass all summer. And so they went from grass right to getting scanned. So they all had less than a tenth of back fat, but this Dooley son was two tenths higher on IMF than any other bull of the fall bulls. And he didn't have any contemporaries because he was my daughter's 
My daughter owns a cow, so he couldn't contemporary against anyone, but he was two tenths higher with almost six tenths of back fat or six percent back fat with less than a tenth of back fat or six tenths of IMF with less than one tenth of back fat. But that wasn't even the greatest thing about the bull. He was he had a, a like eleven hundred pound, eleven hundred ninety pound yearling weight again because they had they were not fed, and he had almost a seventeen inch ribeye. Wow. Six inches larger than his weight, which is unheard of. So this is a very special bull. I, I'm, I'm hoping he generates some excitement. Uh, so we'll see. But he's another one of the, the very best bulls in the sale. Um, he's got a brother by acclaim, lot 20, which is another exceptional phenotypic bull. He's one of acclaim's best phenotypic bulls I've ever seen. Same cow, uh, just very good. Uh, we've got some more claim sons. Then we go to lot 26, which is out of the great herd bull producing, the mother of driving force and, and the, the mother of, uh, you know, she's our high-selling cow when it comes to bull average. It's the only son. It was her natural calf last year by accuracy. Another one of them just all around very good-numbered bulls. And then we go to uh, lot 27 and 28, they're out of 3189, which was the cow that sold for 130,000 two sales ago, and then our females to Southern Ranches out of Wyoming. Uh, Wilkes Ranch bought a daughter in that same sale for 87,000. She had another son sell. We call him Paymaster. Was sold to the Decades Group to Dr. Bill down in Tennessee. Uh, very, very good bull-producing cow. These will be some of the most sought-after bulls in the sale. It'll be lot 27 and 28. Um, then we had uh, a president, two president sons out of that same cow, which is lot 47 and 48, and they're probably the two stoutest bulls in the sale. Uh, just incredible power in them two bulls. Then we went to the shifting gear sons, which is the limb shifting gear. He's our big cavities bull, and we have about 12 sons of him. Uh, a couple of them are stud worthy. Uh, as far as their EPDs, and I guess we'll find out how good they are when, uh, when people come to see them. Very physical bulls, but extreme set of EPDs. Exceptional EPDs for calving ease, dollar beef, and growth. And then, and those, ironically, Lynn. people have laughed that have looked at the catalog, but two of the what was that, Andy? Glenn, those start at 53, is that correct? Uh, the shifting gears bulls you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 53 through 61. Okay. So after that, uh, a whole bunch of Colonel sons were very happy with the Colonel and uh, some tremendous flushes out of him. That would be lot uh, uh, 65 to 72 out of a couple donors that were very high on. 3276 was the high selling. She's still the record selling open female at National Western Show where we bought her. Um, so we're very excited about those bulls. Those are some of the best kernels. And then a lot of people laugh, but my true belief is the, the, the best flush in the entire sale is out of another sire that we own called Master Plan. And uh, he died again also. No one has seen him because he died after about three jumps out at origin, and he got stifled. And anyway, th these last four bulls, 79 through 82, Maybe the best bulls in the sale. I'll let it up to the people to decide, but but the lot 82 bull 
is as good a bull as we can raise, and he's not even pictured, which is unfortunate. <laughs> we had a little mishap on picture day. Uh, he was missing his tag, and, and the people we hired to clip didn't clip him, and so he wasn't ready when we came to picture. And, and unfortunately, uh, anyone listening, come look at Lot 82, and I'm pretty sure you'll believe me that he is a very special bull. In fact, his three brothers are all pictured, and as you can see by their pictures, they're physically phenomenal also. Again, these are these are all-around bulls, maternal, good carcass, not crazy-numbered in any way, just very bad. You know, those, those master plan sons are. And that'll kind of round out the book, Andy. Uh, there's 80, I think we're selling 83 bulls. I, we've had a few injuries to a few bulls. That's why I didn't even mention a couple of them because they were injured. Uh, I'm sure we'll get another uh, knick-knack or two between now and the sale with moving them from the bull facility to the Crown Point location then because uh, you all know what it's like to haul bulls and unload them. Mm-hmm. But uh, we should hopefully sell about 78 to 79 bulls in a hopefully sale day. Uh, we've got a few bulls that are already, uh, you know, that we the, the injured bulls we've replaced with other bulls. Of course, we'll have uh, sheets for that on sale day. All the bulls have been scanned. Uh, the yearling bulls we just scanned this week, so that data hopefully I will have back next week, and hopefully they'll get to their uh, EPDs the following week before the sale. So the fall bulls were all scanned last fall. Uh, the fall bulls are in excellent condition. These bulls are not fat. Our spring bulls are, I'm very proud of them. Uh, I'll be anxious to get their scan data back. We're about 100 pounds lighter than I used to get the bulls, but I'm very happy with them. You know, to, to keep the fat off of them, we've, we've changed the ration a little bit, and uh, I think they're they're going to be ready to go to work. Very proud of them, Andy. Glenn, when, where can we go to see some videos on these bulls and, and things like that? The videos will be coming out. In fact, they should be out now that I'm, now I think about it. I haven't called them. That's a good thing you mentioned that, Andy. The videos were done over like seven, eight days ago. Uh, we're putting some out on Facebook now, but you can go to Lynn's Heritage Angus and find them, or you can go to Live Auctions. They will have it. Live Auctions will be their sale day, of course. They'll start doing them, and, of course, YouTube. But if I remember right, I believe they're going to go online tomorrow on Monday. Uh, That'll be Monday the, the 13th. Adam, Adam Swaggart. Yes, Adam Swaggart does uh, our, our uh, videoing and picturing. He's very good. And I'm fairly sure, if I remember right, he told me that on Monday, a bunch of them I've got back already. But I'm pretty sure on Monday that uh, they'll they'll be up online everywhere. Right, right. Who else is involved with this sale? We've got. Uh, who else could we get a hold of if if we need to uh, know some information? Have somebody go look at a bull or two. Uh, who who else can Jeremy, can these guys call? Jeremy's been up. You know. Yeah, Jeremy from the Hall of Fame, who, who runs the sale. Um, Jeremy's been up a couple times, seen the bulls. Uh, he, he's been here many times. He knows the cows, of course. Knows the herd as good as anybody. And uh, he's seen them many times. Uh, of course, our vets are, are, uh, are excellent stock vets down in Rensselaer. Uh, they're very good. They've seen the bulls many times. I mean, other than that, it'd be just, you know, the people that work here and, and me and and, uh, you know, you can give Ben, Fred, or me, or Jeremy a call. And uh, anybody that, you know, 
and Dylan also. I, I see Dylan's number's not in the book. That was a mistake, evidently. And but we'll get his number in there next year, and and you can contact him. He's seen the bulls and worked them. And the docility is another thing I'll tell you about. Phenomenal. We just uh, scanned all those bulls the other day, and most of them licked you to death while you were scanning them. So uh, very proud of the docility. Um, I mean, there's not a mean bull in the sale. I'll promise you that. Not a, not a single bull that you have to risk even. Uh, thinking about we we called very hard, but you got to remember too, too, Andy. These bulls were selling. We still have about a hundred bulls on the farm, and you remember we're a large herd. We called 150 bulls to get down to this hundred. Mm-hmm. So these bulls have been picked through very hard and been we've been very critical on structure, feet, uh, all around docility. I mean, these bulls have been cold hard already, so you should be very happy with your purchase. Right. Great. And also inside that front page of the catalog, you can see some uh, guarantees on these bulls. Uh, you can uh, see some uh, yeah. different different information there inside that first page of that catalog. And, uh, yeah, you go to... Uh, Go to liveauctions.tv, and that catalog is there online as well. Uh, so another another way that you can look at that and get some more information uh, about that sale. Uh, the events there, always uh, big events at, at Lens and, and at the sale, uh, and at the sale facility And Friday. Uh, have cattle available there all day Friday uh, that, that people can come and look at. And then, again, on Saturday... Uh, Saturday, the the sale starting at seven. Cattle will be available for viewing. And something you do not want to miss is at noon the complimentary lunch uh, served up by uh, Lynn's Heritage. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, Glenn, what a that's the reason you bring other people to to come with you. And uh, uh, if nothing else, an excuse to go to the sale uh, for that lunch and and the meal. Uh, but but then while you're there, two o'clock starts the Lynn's Heritage bull sale. And uh, those are central time, central standard time. So don't get mixed up with that. Uh, being in Indiana, that's a little bit different uh, than uh, the others of us that are on Eastern time. That is that is central time. So uh, on January 25th, the third annual performance tested bull sale at Lynn's Heritage Angus. And uh, Glenn, I am uh, I'm trying to get figured out how I can get up there and, and uh, get back. And so uh, hopefully, hopefully I can make it up to the bull sale. Well, that'd be great, Andy. You know, we, you're always welcome. You know that. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Glenn, anything else you want to tell us about the sale, about the program, uh, about anything before we close this one out? No, I, I guess, again, all I would tell people is uh, you don't have to buy a bull to come. I'd love for you to come and see the operation and, and just see what we're really about. You know, we're all about uh, educating and, and showing people what, you know what we're up to and and uh, anybody that ever wants to go to the plant also uh you know just get in touch with me and I'll I'll set it up right well that's great that's great glenn davis appreciate the time very much here on before the bid and uh explaining the lens heritage operation and and how you guys got started and and that bull sale and uh want to wish you a lot of luck here on the bull sale and, and on all these future endeavors that uh, you and Fred have for this beef industry. 
Thank you very much, Andy. It was it was great talking with you. All right. I appreciate it very much. And that has been Lynn's Heritage Angus on this edition of Before the Bid. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on Before the Bid.